This is episode number 134 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, myself, Josh, and Anthony were able to talk to Louis Giglio again. Super fantastic conversation. We talked about his latest book, Goliath Must Fall, and I think you're going to be really encouraged by this. So we're going to jump straight in with episode number 134 of the Church Collective Podcast. Yeah, Goliath Must Fall came out of a series we did here at Passion City. A lot of the books that I write obviously come out of things that we've already walked through together as a house. And it was, it was one of those series that just exploded in our midst because so many people still have giants in their lives. And the story, everyone knows, greatest underdog story of all time, but really the story's not about something that happened 2,000 years ago between Little Shepherd Boy and this big Philistine warrior. But the story is, what about the giant standing in my life right now, whether that's rejection or fear or this root of anger or bitterness that's been in my life or some addiction that's in my life. And so as we walk through the story, we let the giants in the story, the actual, all these giants we talk about are right there in the narrative of David and Goliath. We let them sort of rise up into our story, and then we ask a big question. And the reason we wrote this book was because the question, turns out, is a very important question. And the question is, who is David in the story of David and Goliath? And I grew up around church, and maybe a lot of people listening to us did. And if they did, they heard the story Backyard Bible Club or Vacation Bible School, Youth Camp, whatever, and it always ended up the same way. Someone pointed their finger out into the crowd and said, and if David can take down that giant, you can take down all the giants in your life. Hmm. The problem is a lot of us have lived long enough to know that it's not that simple. And so what we're trying to do is put a little twist on this age-old story, and the twist is that we're not David in the story of David and Goliath. Huh. Jesus is the story. Is David in the story of David and Goliath? Jesus is the giant slayer who takes down all of the giants. And I think if people can get that revelation as a starting point, then they can start the journey to walking in what Christ has already done to set them free. Sure. Is there? Um... I guess, any feedback at this point? Do you have any stories with, like, because even just hearing that, like, I know reading just a bit of it ahead of that, that's just a neat, not even neat, like, it's a powerful um, paradigm shift for looking at that, because, yeah, you're right, like, we've all walked through, like, well, if David beat Goliath, then so can you, um, and it's not on us to do that. Do you have any stories of, of people who that really clicked for, who realize it's not their battle to fight on their own? Yeah, well, we've, I mean, I've heard from a lot of people. The book's been, only been out a month, but, you know, I, I've talked to people and seen a lot of quotes from people, tweets from people, comments on Instagram from people saying, you know, my giant of anxiety is, is falling. And, and part of the way that that giant is falling is when people are realizing that it's not up to me in and of my own strength and ability to figure out how to take down everything I'm afraid of. And the beauty of it, take anxiety, that people say, well, why does that shift matter? You know, it sounds like semantics and, you know, who's who's David in the story? What, why does that really matter? Well, it matters because if, if I'm struggling with anxiety, that means there are things or people that are making me anxious. There are situations that are making me anxious. Maybe my dad's dying of cancer is making me anxious. Maybe something on the political landscape or maybe this... Uh, fear of the unknown, or maybe I'm, I'm making up scenarios in my mind and think people are out to get me, or maybe people really are out to get me, but whatever's making me anxious, what am I going to do about it? Yeah. And anxiety is the fruit of me staring at the ceiling all night trying to work it out. 
But if I know that I'm not the giant slayer, but Jesus is the giant slayer, it gives me the opportunity to look up to Jesus in the middle of the night and say, I need you to step in and take in your hands this thing, situation, or person that's making me anxious. And I've talked to a lot of people that are taking that step and moving in that direction, and it really is giving them a sense of freedom from a lifestyle of fear and a lifestyle of worry. That's a great perspective, Louis. I really like that, that that idea of like looking at the giant is what we mostly do, and now if you change it, of like, hey, I'm not the one staring up at him so scared, but I'm looking at the guy who's going to conquer him, and that's Jesus. So appreciate that. That's really cool. Um, I have a question about the seven-day journey that you've got on the front of your website there. It would be an easy way for people to connect with, I'm guessing, some of the content of the book. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, I love it. If uh, people don't know exactly what we're talking about, if you go to louisgiglio.com, a pop-up box is going to appear, and it's giving people the opportunity to sign up for a seven-day email journey called Putting an X Through Anxiety. And the reason we did it is twofold. One, because when you write a book, it, it kind of sounds like for a while that all you're doing is trying to sell the book. And people are like, oh my gosh, you know, are you talking about that book one more time? Uh, you're only on with these guys today on this deal because you're trying to sell the book. And everybody who has a heart to serve people struggles with that. And so I thought, while we're releasing the book, let's do something that's free. So if there's a person out there that says, I don't want to buy the book, or I can't afford to buy the book, or I'm not ready to take that step and make that commitment to a 240-page book, well, here's something that you can do for seven days, and there's no cost to you. And it is from the book in a way, but it's not just cut and paste from the book. I actually sat down and wrote all seven days of this devotional journey specifically about anxiety. It's honest. It's gritty, it's not a one-size-fits-all, it's not a simple solution, but I really do believe I've gotten more positive feedback about the, you know, the grit of this seven-day journey from people struggling with anxiety. Thousands and thousands of people have joined us on this journey, and so I like that there's something for free. And I like that there's something that I really know because I've, I've been down that road is going to help anybody struggling with anxiety. So go to louisgiglio.com, pop-up box comes, put your email address in. Obviously, we're not looking to build up a database to spam people. Uh, tomorrow, if you do it today, the first email is going to appear in your box, and then for the next seven days, an email is going to come from us and pass it around, forward it to your friends. Uh, take it to heart and let God bring down the giant and anxiety in your life. Yeah. So, so last time we talked, and I'll, I'll put a show note to that that previous episode, um, or put it in the show notes for this episode for that previous episode. But um, we talked about the Jesus Bible, and now in hearing through this book, like it's clearly about Jesus. I'd love to hear again just your your perspective as as you're growing and as you're learning. Like, how do you really foster a heart that really, at the end of the day, it's all pointing to Jesus? Um, you got any just advice for people to how to really keep that at the center of what they're doing when they're studying the Word and when they're worshiping and, and all that? Well, it's a, it's a 180, you know, it's a, it's a reframing life. Yeah. And so first someone has to sit down with the concept and think about it for a minute. And so a good way to do that would be, um, you know, even like we talked before, you mentioned that the Jesus Bible, but to sit down and read the introduction 
read the the, the six main movement um, chapters that are there. Uh, get around the big idea. I am not, but I know I am. A book I wrote a few years back, um, Pleasures of God by John Piper, mm. uh, Westminster Catechism. I mean, get get around something that can put the framework on the table. And what is the framework in short? The framework in short is that we are all valuable to God, but that the story ultimately is not about us. The story is about Him. Mm. Uh, scripture's about Him. The church is about Him. Heaven is about Him. Uh, promises are all ultimately made by him to show how great he is. Uh, redemption is really about the glory of God on display, to be a God like no other. And so we have to have a reworking of our framework so that we're no longer looking at life through the lens of it's all about me, but we're looking through life through the framework and it's really all about Jesus. But Jesus is inviting me in, and he's including me in the story. He's coming for me, rescuing me, and redeeming me, and putting me in the story, but not so that I can be the star of the story, mm. but so that I can be a restored and redeemed life that actually gives more glory to him as the star of the story. Yeah. So that's a framework shift. It's a 180 of thinking, and once it happens, it's amazing. You don't really have to try to keep Jesus at the center. Mm. Once that shift happens, you open your Bible, and you start to read wherever you are, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, this is about Jesus. Oh, wait a minute, this is about God's glory. Yeah. It's everywhere you look in Scripture, but until you have that sort of revelation moment, that shifting moment, it's going to be hard to see it. Once you do have that moment, you see it everywhere. It's like um, you go out and you get a new make and model of a car, like my wife did recently, and it's a new body style of a car. And when I saw it, I thought, I love this new body style. Is it brand new? And the person said, no, actually, it's been out two years. And I'm like, it hasn't been out two years. I've never seen one of these before. They said, we're all over Atlanta. And I'm like, no, they're not. Hmm. And I said, babe, you got the first one of these going. Well, as soon as she got the car, Hmm. every time I go somewhere in my car, I see a car like my wife's car. And I'm like, these things are everywhere. (laughs) Well, they're everywhere because I have the framework now to see that car. Hmm. And once you see in a new framework that God's glory is the most powerful, beautiful concept in the world and that we shouldn't be sad about that, that it's not about us. We should be happy about that. I don't want a God who's all about me. I want a God who's way bigger than me. Hmm. And once we see it, boy, you're driving around town, you're in the scripture, you're at church, you're singing a song, you're in an old hymn, and you're like, ah, there's God's glory. Oh, look, there's God's glory. Oh, there it is again. There's God's glory. It's everywhere on display. Once we see it, Hmm. we can't not see it. That's great. I got a question. Uh, This is Anthony again. When uh, I was scrolling through your Facebook page, I see you're posting some behind-the-scenes footage of something that you're doing with some kids, and it looks pretty entertaining. Can you give any <laughs> any inkling to what that might be? Well, I tell you, if I do, then it's going to be a scoop right here today, Ooh. and um, you guys are going to be the only people on planet Earth, yeah. on the Church Collective, who know what's going on. So, yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs> kids say the darndest things. And uh, we're about to release in the fall, you're the first people who know this, um, a book called Indescribable, that's no big surprise to people who know me, 100 Devotions About God and Science, and it's a book for kids, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, and ten-year-olds, and it's really pretty cool. It's illustrated beautifully every one of the daily devotions is fun. It's got some amazing facts about science. A lot of them have 
experiments you can do at home. So we were shooting some of the trailers for the book yesterday, what comes out in October, I think. Hmm. And uh, we thought, let's just bring some kids in. So we brought these six kids in. Oh, my goodness. And we just set it up, got the cameras rolling. I started asking them if they knew about the Vela Pulsar and if they knew that some stars can sing and if they knew how many Earths would fit in the sun and wow. what was the grossest thing they ever ate before and <laughs> how far do they think it is from here to Mars. And, oh, my goodness, they just got going. And we're going to cut all that into a little promo for the book. And um, it's, it was pretty entertaining, to say the least. That's I have a 10-year-old, and I can't wait he's asking all those questions yeah (laughs) that's great that's it for this week's episode we'll see you next time